think about it. Everything's polluted. The environment, the government, the schools, you name it. We're on uh, 92 FM tonight. It feels like a nice, clean little band. Oh, no, isn't it? Price is right. I like the idea that a voice can just go somewhere. Uninvited. Dirty thoughts, a nice, clean mind. Guess who? It's me again. It's five o'clock. Do you care what the mainstream media says? What's up, family out there? You're listening. From behind enemy lines in Chirac, Illinois. What's good, fam? Good to see you guys out there. Hope all is well. It is Thursday already, the 12th of January. And yes, another day, another uh, Biden news story and a lot to get to today. Uh, We got the new new Twitter files dropped today. We got to get that covered. Um, Missouri versus Biden update from Tracy Beans. Uh, we're going to go through that whole thread. So those two threads are going to take up the vast majority of the show today. So I'm hoping you guys are in the mood for hanging out and just kind of listening to the updates on that stuff. I got uh, a couple other things uh, to t- tie in from yesterday. Uh, I think we had a, a really good discussion yesterday about uh, faith and the Pope and uh, the ideas of Black Pope. I don't. I didn't really talk about that, but I just kind of uh, left that up to you. So uh, we got a little bit to get on that as well. Um, what else? Uh, kind of a bunch of other random stuff to get to as well. So that's the plan for today. I hope all is well. Hope you guys are having a great day out there today. Thank you guys for joining me today earlier on the Red Pill 78 at noon central, 1 Eastern. Red Pill and I had a great discussion, as always, on Thursdays, talking about the day's events and and uh, just kind of reacting to the news as it was breaking live uh, with regards to Biden. We'll get to that here in a little bit. Uh, I'll give you a little bit of perspective on it, and we'll see what to expect on that. We'll try to manage expectations and and uh, see, see where this is going to go. But that's the plan. So I appreciate you guys all working your way in here today. Thanks for being here. Do me a favor when you get a minute. Check out the website, uncensoredabe.com. Bookmark the website. You can find the podcast on Podbean, iHeart, Apple, Google, Spotify. Pick one, anyone. Just search Uncensored Abe on pretty much every podcast platform out there. You know, the Stitchers, the smaller ones, you can find me on those as well. Thank you for everyone around the world for the downloads. Uh, the downloads have been increasing every single day from all around the world, especially from um, Asia and other places like that. Very interesting in Africa to see some updates on that front as well. So thank you all for joining the podcast on there. I appreciate you all very much. Telegram, True Social. Twitter, Gab, and Facebook links are at the very top of the uh, site. I don't have my new Twitter back or my old Twitter back right now. I'm working on it. I don't know. Maybe I'm just never going to get it back. If you want to watch the live show, you can do it from the website. Just click the watch link. If you want to find a little bit about me, you can click that link. Merchandise is going to get updated real freaking soon. And then uh, how to contact me as well. You can watch this online. Every Monday through Friday, 5 Eastern, 4 Central, Foxhole, DLive, Twitch, Rumble, CloudHub, and Tiger Network, where you can find those live streams. YouTube banned us for too much truth. So be it. Uh, we'll find a different platform then. Previous two shows are up on the screen, as well as the most important shows I think you need to see. And if you haven't watched the, D- the DHS censorship leaks, yes, it is three and a half hours. The first half hour is just me trying to get the freaking stream going. Go figure. But... If you can't watch it in one sitting, then just pause it and come back uh, the next day and watch it or later on when you can watch it. It's so important to, to understand where we're going to be going into the future here, into the this year and into the next. So 
If you haven't seen that yet, um, very much recommend you check out that uh, that that show. Uh, if you want to help me keep the lights on, thank you all very much for all for all you guys do to help share the stream, to help share the the content out there. That's the most important thing for me. But if you can help me keep the lights on, I'd really appreciate it. You can see that these lights are getting dimmer over here. You know what I'm saying? So if you could use your guys' help, Cash App, PayPal, Patreon, and buy me a coffee or how you can do those as well as your favorite platform. Thank you all for the support. I appreciate it. Uh, MyPillow.com backslash Abe has supported. Uh, the show we'll get to uh we're going to change the advertisement up to the top of the hour i think to get uh, a little more exposure to it and separate the show uh the show separate the hours apart so that's the plan going forward for that uh the email address my link tree and my p.o box at the very bottom of the website that's how you can get a hold of me thank you all for the love support and prayers i appreciate it don't forget the mypillow.com link backslash abe and uh, we'll get to that at the top of the hour as well as the buy me a coffee links thank you all very much for helping to support much love to everyone over there on tiger network thank you all for being there today i appreciate it uh rumble crowd is working their way in here today JD Rish and Chris dropping the links out there. Many lurkers as always on Rumble. Much love. Thank you all for being here today. Do me a favor, hit that plus or thumbs up button over there on Rumble. Let everyone know that you're here hanging out with us. I appreciate it. The Twitch crowds out there get working their way in here today, as well as the DLive crowd. Much love to everyone out there. And Pilled, what's good? Pilled.net. Great to see you guys out there as always. First in, Shackle Freedom's in the house. Good to see you. Bitchtoria and RP4L. First ones in the house today. Thanks, guys, for being here today. Um, Always prompt, I must say. Demtred Red's in the house. Good to see you, Sean Joe. Thank you for the cookie, my friend. Palidia says, here we go. Daisy Chains, thank you for the cookie as well. I find it. What's good, brother? How you doing out there, man? It's great to see you. I haven't had a chance, man. If you get a chance, I find it. If you're around Friday uh, between 5, tomorrow between uh, 5 and 7 Eastern, if you can call in, man, and just give me an update what, what you're up to, man. Um, I don't know. I haven't had a chance to really check in with you, man, and I, I've missed uh, your input and your content as well. So if you get a chance, let us know what's going on. Creative writer, thank you for the can. Nana's in the house as well. They have uh, all grown up and eight grandchildren. I need uh, that. Very, very impressive. Very impressive. That's <laughs> great to see you out there, Nana. Uh, Toria, thank you for the cookie. Drewby, what's good? You had 61 gold kills in their mind. Thank you. Thank you, Drewby. That's appreciate that, man. Good to see you out there, my friend. And Francis is out there as well as many others. Much love. How do I get notification when it goes live? Uh, go to on your favorite website or go to your phone, go to pill.net and it'll pop up with telling you how you can get alerts. Um, you can basically put your, your text in, you can get a text. Some people think that that's intrusive, but I mean, if you're looking for a, an easy way to get an alert about what's going on on the foxhole.app, it's the best way to do it. So um, check that out when you get time. That's how you can do the alerts, and we appreciate everyone out there. Don't forget, if you want to become a, uh, a semi-sponsor of the of the platform here, you can subscribe, as you see many people out there with the uncensored tag next to their name. Tori and, and, and Texas Girl and many others have that uh, uncensored next to their name. That's the first lower two tiers uh, you can, you can do uh, monthly. And then the higher two tiers, you get a... Uh, a cooler graphic, I guess, uh, for the amount of support that you give the show. So thank you guys all very much. Uh, the gold pills are basically uh, dollars or pennies, I should say. Love to Francis. Uh, love Francis. It's uh, it's a way that you can help support streamers uh, using, um, you know, did a, a different kind of digital currency, basically. So I think it's, uh, is it one pill equals $1? I think that's correct. Uh, or 100 pills equals $1. Yeah. 100 pills equals $1. One pill equals one penny. I think that's right. So there you go. That's how you can help support knock my socks off working their way in here as well. The winds are going crazy out there. I've noticed that as well today. Um, with the, the changes between temperatures around the, around the country, no doubt about it. Kathy UT was out there in, on, on a D live yesterday and joined the discussion as well. Thank you very much. And, uh, let's see, pretty much. I caught up with everyone out there. How are you guys doing out there today? Uh, how in general, 
Uh, only one I know is when Abe is live on Twitch. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I, I try to st always stream on Twitch, so if you have the alert set up on there, you should be able to find me. I uh, hope anyone in Alabama is safe. That is a nasty tornado in Atlanta, in, uh, in Alabama today, no doubt about it. Uh, thank you for that update. Uh, I, was, I saw that kind of scrolling by earlier, but, uh, yeah, it's uh, dangerous weather out there today as well. So, all right. Um, in general, um, what do I have? I got some stuff from yesterday. I still haven't really had a chance to dig in on open.ink yet. I really need to spend some more time on that. I'm probably going to try to do that tonight. Um, we'll see what happens. Thursdays are just, uh, it's, it's a, it's a grind on Thursdays. You know what I'm saying? It's like one show prep, one show done prepped and another show then, you know, after show stuff. So pretty much from about 11 AM to about seven or 8 PM. And usually around eight has been going to lately. Uh, it's, is is all, all work time for me. So I haven't had much time to, to finally sit back and relax. You know what I mean? So, so thank you all very much. And uh, thank you for the support. Uh, the fallen's in the house. Thank you for, uh, for, uh, everything out there, my friend. Um, I really enjoyed our discussion the other night, man, even though it went till five 30 in the morning, I have no idea how we got off on that topic, but I really thought that it was a great discussion. So I will, uh, yes, yes. I will definitely be better at doing my research at, uh, trying to see, you know, who's been hung out there. Like, especially if Nancy Pelosi has been hung, I, I think everybody should know that stuff. You know, if she's, if she's gone, everyone should be aware of that. And, um, you know, real news now, boy, that's, that's a great source for finding out stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? So Anyways, and I saw a praying medic out there again today saying that God told him that the military is the only way. I don't know who's talking to praying medic in his dreams, but it ain't God. I, somebody wants to warn him that it's that it's not God talking to him in his dreams. I, I don't know if, if anybody can help him out there and let him know that if, if God is telling him in his dreams that the future of our country is the military is the only way, that ain't God. I, that's a different voice. That might be like uh, someone playing a trick on you while you're sleeping, you know, in your subconscious maybe. Uh, maybe your wife's kind of playing a trick on you, playing some sounds in the background, you know. I don't know, but uh, someone should, should, should check in on, on my friend uh, Dave, a fellow Marine, uh, a great guy in general. I respect him as a person, but man. Uh, if the, if you're having dreams and, and the dream is telling you that God said to you that the military is the only way for the future of our country, you should probably take a step back from everything for a little bit and reevaluate who's talking to you in your dreams. That's just my personal opinion. I don't know. I could be wrong, but anyone out there that's telling you the military is the only way has absolutely no clue what a Q post is actually is and how uh, it's actually deciphered. So I don't know what to say about it, dude. It's just it's it's it's, it's baffling to me that that people just keep saying shit over and over and over and it's i don't know but anyways it is what it is i suppose uh sonia much love back to you good to see you out there rp4l knock my socks off francis may i please ask why you have the picture of the general behind you why i have the picture of the general uh that is a painting uh done by a great patriot uh, a couple years ago of general flynn um and it uh um, she was selling them, um, you know, uh, to try to raise funny money for her, for her family and stuff. And so I got, uh, I got the, uh, painting of general Flynn indeed. And then this one here is, uh, John McLaughlin, uh, his, um, painting slash stenograph is what this is of, um, president Trump and you are not forgotten. So yeah, that's those behind me there. Um, so there you go. All right. Um, where do I start today? Um, the Twitter threads about 40 threads long, uh, the Biden versus, uh, 
Uh, Missouri versus Biden case from Tracy Beans. That's pretty long, and there's some pretty interesting stuff in there that I want to keep. I wanna, I'm, every time she does a thread on, I'm going to cover it. So it's going to take some time and all that fun stuff. You know what I'm saying? But but it kind of is what it is. So without further ado, I guess let's just hop to it. huh? Uh, let's hop right in and see what's going on out there. Um, let's start. Uh, let's see. Where do I start? I don't know. I'm completely disorganized today. Uh, the story so far, uh, this is from the thread, from the discussion that we had yesterday. And if you guys missed yesterday's show, I hope you get a chance to go check it out. It was a really good discussion for about an hour or so, um, about the bottom of the hour to, to another hour or so, um, about uh, Pope Francis, about faith, and about things like that. And they linked to a thread, and I put this out there as well. Um, the, the God is in the age of iron, the story so far. Uh, um, the Happy Christmas, a bunch of interesting threads there by uh, Paul King. What what is it? Paul King's North? So um, that's pretty cool. So I've been kind of keeping an eye on that. Here's the Open Dot Inc. again um, that I meant to kind of dig into yesterday a little bit and stuff. I don't know. I mean. You know, for me, for right now, I'm I'm still trying to uh, to analyze the information and everything that I've seen so far is on my hard drive. So, you know what I'm saying. So as it expands, it will get better. It's just in beta stages now, but they have a new video out uh, that I see now. That as I updated the page, let's let's check it out. Huh? Let's see what the let's see what they got going on here. Welcome to Open Inc. If you believe in freedom and transparency, you are absolutely in the right place. My name is Andy, and I'm going to spend a few minutes here going through the site. As you know, we're in our beta mode right now, so what you're seeing here is really just the tip of the iceberg as we move forward. We're super excited to have you on board and being part of our founding members of this great, great community. So when you log in, you're going to come to this page this is our members area. And right now it's really simple. And as I said, it's going to grow and grow and grow over time, adding more features, more tools to help you do research and dig into all this great data that we're uh, putting up here. But what this is primarily are going to be articles in, in terms of training. It's going to be articles related to new drops. So you can become aware of, of what we're adding and what that means and how you can dig into it. So this is the place to go to stay up to date on the latest and greatest what's going on out there. The heart of the system is the search engine. All right, let's take a look at how the search works. And it's really simple. There's a search bar here at the top of the page. You can just type in, let's say we wanted to find out more about the Twitter files, which is something that uh, we just ingested not too long ago. But if you type in Twitter and click search, it's gonna bring back all the files that are related to Twitter. And you can see how Twitter is highlighted here. One of the things that we're working on is to kind of make this a little bit more user-friendly in terms of how the titles and things are being presented. So just be aware of that, that right now it's a little bit cryptic, but you can, you know, if you look at this, you can see that what it's about, if you look in the, um, in the little excerpt here, um, but that's something we're working on. So again, that's just part of the beta process. So here's how it works. Let's say we want to look at Michael Schellenberger's information on the tweets and we pull it up and it's going to have a PDF file of all of his tweets and on and on and on. So that's how the search works. Very, very simple. One of the things I want to show you too is if we go back to the main search bar, we do have it categorized in several different ways to make it a little bit easier for you to start. So for example, if you want to look at 
J6 documents or J6 do uh, defendant documents, things about open records requests, you know, SCOTUS, Substack, um, True the Vote stuff. It's all right here. We've kind of categorized it to make it a little easier to find some of those main core categories. Again, that's always going to be evolving. We're going to come up with uh, a much better search interface over time. But the information that's in here already is super, super powerful. I think I think there's uh, 500,000 documents in here right now, and we're just getting started. So um, the last thing is, if you want to give us feedback, and feedback is going to be really important, especially as we're starting out here, what you can do in the lower right-hand corner of the homepage, there is a little chat widget here. You can click on that into your name, your phone number, email address, and, and your message about what you think can be improved, what you like, what you don't like. One handy way to make your uh, suggestion even more rich is to go and use um, an online screen capture program like Loom, L-O-O-M.com, and, and there's a million of them. Just find one of those, you know, record your little video suggestion, kind of give us a little bit more of an understanding of what you really want there. Thank you so much again for being part of the opening community, and we look forward to hearing from you and finding out the great nuggets of information that you discover. There you go. Open.inc as, um, I don't know if you guys have heard the stories, but they were, they've been attacked by foreign governments. They've been attacked by bot armies. Uh, their, their, um, web servers have been, have been attacked. It's, they don't want this stuff coming out. And, and the funny thing is if you watch the, the Greg Phillips latest uh, show, it's kind of hilarious. Cause they, they, I think they thought that like they were going to do go full WikiLeaks with this right off the bat. And they were scared shitless of what they were going to release. So I think, um, Greg kind of said, that's kind of why they put him in jail to stop uh, information from coming out. So it gives you an idea of uh, what we're up against. So there you go. There's that. Uh, I missed a bunch of you guys. I see you guys working your way in here today. Thanks, guys. Else Park, J-Bell, thank you for the ship. Much love. J.C. Birds, uh, J.C. Bird, Average Joe dropping some shades on me. Thanks, guys. Uh, appreciate it. 2052, uh, Atlas, and Daisy Chains, and Karen Hare, and uh, Sean Joe. Thanks, guys, for the gold pill support, man. You guys are freaking awesome. Thank you, guys. I appreciate that. So there you go. There's uh, the update on that. I'll, I'm going to, like I said, when I get some more information on it and I do a little digging and I learn the site a little bit more, we'll do some more live digs on that stuff for sure. Um, of course, as you guys have heard, um, or actually, let me, yeah, let me just go to this. This is... Um, uh, nine minutes from Steve Bannon yesterday, and he also talked about the uh, the Pope uh, information that we talked about yesterday. But he spoke with the guy that I the article that I read. <laughs> so to kind of tie in with that, I do want to take some time to watch this because I really enjoyed that article and the information that that uh, was presented yesterday that they gave us. So nine minutes from Bannon, and then we're going to get to Biden and the Twitter files and uh, Missouri versus Biden. So here we go, guys. Ben Harnwell and the beautiful shot he sets up every every evening about sunset. Ben, uh, two things. There was a report out that uh, I think uh, uh, Pope Benedict talked about the Antichrist in a letter to an individual prominent uh, politician. And Cardinal Pell is dead. And I understand the American Spectators reporting that Cardinal Pell, uh, who's one of the great men of the church, 
who they falsely accused of uh, of uh, some uh, some of this pedophilia by a false accuser that spent a year in solitary confinement was actually working on some explosive documentation. Let, let's start. Yeah. You want to start with the Antichrist? You yes. want to start with Pell? So, you, you pick them. Steve, nothing makes me happier when broadcasting live from the Vatican to start off a hit about the Antichrist. So here we are. This is a, a, a comment that Pope Benedict XVI wrote to a Slovak politician back in 2015. It's just uh, been public. Okay, so that's not the guy that wrote the article. He's actually a war room correspondent from the Vatican. Gotcha. In... Um, in, in, I think, German uh, now. And, and here's, here's the translation. This is what Pope uh, Benedict says. He says, We see how the power of the Antichrist is expanding, and we can only pray that the Lord will give us strong shepherds who will defend his church in this our hour of need from the power of evil. Strong words. Um, I have to say, as an observation, I make this as, as an aside, so I'm not going to ride my usual hobby horse today. But if Pope Benedict had said these things with this degree of force and vigor whilst he was Pope, the Catholic Church would probably not be in the, the, the situation of, of terrible weakness, secular weakness, that it finds itself today. That doesn't mean that everybody is tinged with this. There are some people in the Catholic Church, as you said in your introduction, sadly, um, one of them died uh, uh, just a, a few hours or so ago, who do still have a pair of stones. One of them was Cardinal but, Pell. But, 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 but hang on, oh, but hang on, whoa, whoa, slow down, slow the train down, because we we're going to go into the next segment too. Uh, I want to stick with the Antichrist, because this is not exactly my line of country, uh, but this is why I find it so intriguing. I just want to make sure, particularly for our non-Catholic, because remember, it's the it's the working partnership of evangelical Christianity. Yes. The the burning fire of of those individuals that are uh, have a, a direct and personal relationship with Christ, and it informs everything in their life. And traditional Catholics, pre-Vatican II Catholics, and 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 that combination, we know in mainland China with the Chinese Communist Party, and we know what's happening in Brazil. And by the way, I have Tierman on tonight. Uh, Tierman's on Capitol Hill briefing people. So Matthew will be on tonight with updates on Brazil. Um, the, um, it is one of the most powerful forces for good in the history of the earth, obviously. But now it's having direct political implications against this uh, autocratic state that's trying to, let's be honest, de-Christianize the world. That's what's happening, right, uh, with this atheistic Marxism. I want to go back to, because Pope Benedict, people realize, as Cardinal Ratzinger, was one of the most serious theologians in the church. In fact, with John Paul II, he considered him his intellectual kind of mentor in these topics. What's so shocking about this letter, and we'll put, I think I've got the story up on Getter, or, or uh, we'll have it up on Getter. So shocking about this, he openly talks about the presence of the Antichrist, not just on earth and in life, and in society and culture, but also the potential and actually the, the, the movements of the Antichrist even within the church. Am I, am I misinterpreting what this amazing Not article from, uh, was from Brother Dry? Go ahead and explain about the Antichrist part of it. Not at all. The, the, the expansion on these, um, on these themes is that, are that it, it was Benedict's view that the Antichrist would not be, as it were, a secular politician, but would emerge from within the church. I actually find that pretty consonant with the, with the three letters of, um, of, uh, of St. John on, on this. Um, 
that 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 there's something within the church that uh, that is uh, that is not of the church and only pretends to be of the church. Uh, and as we move forward into the end times, this becomes more and more apparent. We can see it today, Steve. Every time I do a piece for you here from the Vatican, it's always the same underlying underlying spiritual battle, um, which is as, as Archbishop Vigano says so always that our fight isn't against flesh and blood. It's against, it's against uh, powers and dominions, um, that is say, the forces of evil. And that is exactly the case. Um, and this letter that Benedict wrote to that Slovak politician indicated, even if he wasn't prepared to speak publicly um, ab about these things with this degree of clarity, it indicated that Pope Benedict was aware of, of the dynamic that we're currently living through. Ben Harnwell, Cardinal Pell. And by the way, I want to make a, it's not the American spectator. It's, it's, it's the senior cousin. It's the spectator of, uh, of London, which is one of the most respected magazines in the world. Uh, talk to us about what they said about Cardinal Pell. Yeah. Um, I just want to bounce off what you were saying though, about the evangelicals and the importance they're having. Um, not, not only is that absolutely true, it's what makes the current situation so tragic, Steve, because if anybody is, not just offended, if anyone is scandalized by the Catholic Church's current descent into secularism, the stripping of, of all the, of the Christian, the Christianity from, from the Catholic Church, the stripping of Holy Scripture and a biblical base to the, to the Catholic faith, if anyone is really scandalized by that, it's the evangelicals. Because the evangelicals have a long history and a long tradition of thinking, basically, that, that, that this building behind me is the seat of, talking of the Antichrist, it's, it's, the, it's the seat of, 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 of the Antichrist um, in, uh, in the end times. Uh, and nothing more confirms evangelicals in that viewpoint than the secularism, the, the Marxism, the communism, um, the atheism, the syncretism, the modernism that is coming out and has been coming out of the Vatican for recent years. That is the tragedy of this. And that's why I can only add my own voice to what you just said about the absolute importance of traditionalist Catholics who reject basically everything that, 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 that is coming out of the Vatican now and conservative biblical evangelicals come together as far as they can not to discuss, not to try to compromise on the faith. Like nobody wants it. No, no, no one wants that, right? We don't, we, the, the, no one's going to be stronger by compromising on the elements of the faith. But what we can do, I mean, I'm a traditionalist Catholic, your traditionalist Catholic, conservative e evangelicals have, have their point to it. What we can do on the areas in the political sphere where we have a common enemy um, and an ability to combine together, what we can do is, is, is work together on that front. And that is exactly what hashtag the, not my pope the, the, is, is, is the, most the, opposed the, to. Yeah, the common. By the way, let's do Cardinal Pell. I want to take time. I, I know we can't do it at five today. Maybe we do it tomorrow. The Cardinal Pell thing is so important. But I want to comment on this: is that the it's it's modernity. This this is what the most traditional elements of the church and the intellectuals warned about in the nineteenth century. They saw what was coming in the twentieth century, and today with transhumanism and the technologies available on the on the on uh, the the oligarchs in Silicon Valley the way that they can even get you on the Internet and they get you with the, the phones and all that, and then the transhumanism thing, that, that in modernity itself is the common enemy, right? And, that's, and we're not going to convert the evangelical Christians. I don't, I, these people are on fire right now, uh, as they should be. And it's, just, it's inspiring to see, and it's inspiring when you deal with the world as, as we know it and people we deal with, and you hear consistently from places like the Lao Beijing in China the persecution is going on there. Remember, just understand something. In modern times, 
the Christian faith today is under more assault by the apparatuses of government than first century Rome, than first century Roman Empire. The, the persecutions we all look back to that formed the, the, the hard reality of the church and really inspired it and gave it the muzzle velocity for a millennia. That today you're seeing in China and you're going to see it in, 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 in Brazil. That's, that's coming. And that's what's galvanizing this church. Ben, we got about 30 seconds. Uh, tell people how to get to all your, your, great, uh, your great content. Thanks, Eve. I'm simply on at Harnwell, which is my surname, on Getter, at Harnwell. I just have a quick name check also to at Jack Posobiec, who's going to... Getter? <clears throat> Who the hell's on Getter? <clears throat> Anyways, um, very interesting, right? Just, just a little more perspective from that. And then, you know, Car Cardinal Penn um, was chastised by Anans and everybody else around the world because of accusations... Um, and it, it appears that, that what Bannon is telling us there is that there are false allegations to get rid of him. And it was a, a you know, a, a cover for the true evil of the Vatican. It's very interesting that he said one other thing. And, well, shall we let us pray? Q post May 11th, uh, Q post 4207. Well, let's see. Let's go back to the first one. I always like the first one. February 26, 2019, 2904 came in, the armor of God. Finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may, be, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Q. So cultish. Like, oh my God, like no wonder the deep state hates it because it's like so cultish. Yeah. DJ Camps in the house over there on Rumble as well as many others. Thanks for lurking and listening over there. Hey, maybe good to see you out there as well. Thanks guys for joining us over there on Rumble. Did Q say anything about Pope Benedict? No. Uh, we can, I think there was Pope stuff. Uh, P. <laughs> the worst stolen decode ever um pope will be having a terrible may those who backed him will be pushed into the light dark delight truth so maybe may i don't know we shall see the garden of the pope personal the owl what else does q say about the pope um august 28 2018 q post 1950 Stunning findings on a report of Catholic Church abuse in, in Pennsylvania. A priest molested more than 1,000 children. Remember that story came out in 2018? House of God, question mark, says Q. Only the beginning. 
those who are who you are taught to trust the most expect many 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 similar reports to surface from around the world it goes a lot deeper connected the choice to know will be yours q the United States Holy See relations. The Holy See is the universal government of the Catholic Church and operates from the Vatican City State, a sovereign, independent territory. The Pope is the ruler of both the Vatican City State and the Holy See. The Holy See, as the supreme body of the government of the Catholic Church, is a sovereign, sovereign judicial entity under international law. Wealth? Question mark? Power? Question mark? Sanctuary against criminal prosecution, question mark. Recipe for dot, 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 dot. A Breitbart article in 2018. There is a Pope Francis one. Here you go, bud. Uh, there is a, a Pope Francis one. I'm glad we did the dig. Pope Francis compares the Vatican whistleblower to Satan. Uh, projection. Not my Pope. Satan, the great accuser. This is an article from Breitbart by Thomas Williams, PhD in September 2018, September 11th, 2018. Satan, the great accuser has been unleashed against the bishops of the church. Pope Francis said Tuesday in a thinly veiled reference to the former Vatican nuncio to the United States. Former, the former nuncio, Archbishop Carlo Maria Vagano, who I hope is our next Pope, sincerely recently accused a number of prelates of dereliction of duty in dealing with clerical sex abuse and claimed that the Pope had rehabilitated serial abuser Cardinal Theodore McCarrick, elevating him to a position of influence despite the knowledge of his misdeeds, they call them. Misdeeds. In an 11-page testimony published on August 25th, Vagano alleged that he had personally informed Pope Francis in 2013 of serial homosexual abuse perpetrated by Cardinal McCarrick, along with sanctions imposed by the ministry by Pope Benedict XVI, and yet the Pope lifted those sanctions and involved McCarrick in the naming of future bishops. And then the Pope went on to say this, the great accuser, as he himself tells God in the first chapter of the book of Job, roams around the earth looking for someone to accuse, Francis said in a morning homily at mass in the chapel of Santa Marita, Santa Marta, the residence in the Vatican. In these times, he said, it seems the great accuser has been unleashed and has it in for bishops, the Pope said. It is true, we are all sinners, we bishops, he said. But the great accuser seeks to unveil sin so that they may be seen to scandalize the people. Do you see how the same Marxist um, Orwellian doublespeak is even used by not my Pope Francis? Um, you know, the day that we get a real Pope in the Vatican is going to feel like a weight lifted off of all of our chests and all of our backs. When it finally happens, will it be in May? I hope it's sooner than that, but I'm watching it closely because I think there's a lot more to happen out there. Here's the letter from, from Vagano, 4542 post that came in on June 29th, uh, talking about the child abuse and the, and the, he says this, I believe that the attack at which you were subject, subjected after your visit to the national shrine of St. Paul II is part of an orchestrated media narrative, which seeks not to fight racism, but 
and bring just social order, but to aggravate dispositions, not to bring justice, but to legitimize violence and crime, not to serve the truth, but to favor one political faction. And it is disconcerting that there are bishops, such as whom I have recently denounced, who by their words prove that they are aligned on the opposing side. They are subservient to the deep state, to globalism, to the aligned thought, to the new world order, which they invoke ever more frequently in the name of universal brotherhood, which has nothing Christian about it, but which evokes the Masonic ideals of those who want to dominate the world by driving God out of courts, out of schools, out of families, and perhaps even out of churches. The rest of the letter is just freaking fire. If you want to read the rest of that post, it's 4542. Um, but you know, um, (laughs) uh, it is interesting. We live in such interesting times. Um, you know, and it, and it is like, it is like Q posts are a playbook into the future almost, you know? Um, I, I refuse to allow myself to, to, to um, just blindly believe that. But when you watch the events, man, uh, transpire from where we were in 2018 and before to where things are going into this year already, um, man, it, it's, it, it's, it can it be almost impossible at this point to feel hopeless about the future? Obviously, we have a battle ahead of us, but man, I'll tell you what. I am um, extremely optimistic about the future of our country and our world. All right. Um, Let me see here. All right. We were talking with Red Pill earlier today, and we were talking about um, this special counsel and all this crap, and I'll just... I'll just read that that Q post and not, again, this isn't as if I need a Q post to guide me. I just present it for perspective. When Q said this, the experts, but Sessions should appoint a second special counsel in D.C., a.k.a. the corrupt swamp. But Sessions should appoint a second special counsel in D.C., a.k.a. the corrupt swamp. Team of less than 20, typically in a wait of two to four years, and take a gamble that anything happens with it. But Sessions should appoint a second special counsel in D.C., a.k.a. the corrupt swamp, because unlike the Clinton email corrupt case, as demonstrated by the FBI DOJ people fired and removed, this will be conducted faithfully and honestly like Mueller. Special counsels are appointed to engage the cover-up. That's it. That's it. Just all you have to do is look at history to know that for sure. This link, no problem, Mikey Baseball. Thank you for the for the uh, idea. Um, this link is what um, what we were talking about earlier with Red Pill. This is Roger Stone and and the Nixon tapes, and I think Red Pill is going to try to get Roger Stone on here in the near future. So um, keep an eye out for that. I would love to see the discussion about, you know, recent happenings with Roger Stone right now. Uh, Roger Stone Unleashed right now would be pretty freaking cool. Almost forgot how to, hey, what's up, Fallen? You figure out how to use Twitch? What's up, Twitch crowd? How are you? Uh, So this is the Roger Stone Nixon tapes. And again, take Roger Stone for what he is. He has been a political insider for a very long time. And he also can use these things to, to, 
gatekeep information. So I just present it as ideas. And um, those of you who may have done some of the digs that we've done live on, on uh, the Nixon scandal and the truth behind it being the CIA overthrowing Nixon. And I think that is what Roger Stone talks about. And now that um, the, the CIA leaks or the CIA has admitted or has been proven <laughs> to be involved in the JFK assassination, right? Um, more, more to come on that, I think as well. So I'm going to watch that later on. It's about an hour long. So obviously we're not, we can't do it here right now, but uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll do a watch party with it. If you want to do something like that, we could do that maybe. Um, but so what's going to happen with this, I guess is the question, right? Cause you're going to see a lot of optimistic um, people out there, which I re really appreciate, you know, it, it, the possibility exists. So I ain't going to be here and be like, Oh, don't, 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 uh, you know, expect nothing from this. I ain't going to go there either. I mean, at the same time, um, playing the remember this endangering America with those documents. They all said that watch the seriousness of the potential threat to national security information, I, I just don't know what to say. If he was in possession of classified documents, those are by definition potentially harmful to our national security. We have a president of the United States who has played fast and loose with the national security. We have a situation where what he was doing was dangerous to our national security. These are really classified and, and a really a threat to national security. That really jumps out to me as a national security threat. This is a national security crisis. The extreme risk that Trump was willing to take with our national security. <laughs> but to be fair, it wasn't just much. Yeah. That's why I want to have a, a team of people behind me to put clips like that together for me. But if Tucker has it, I'll use it. <laughs> um, so what's going to happen, right? Are we... <laughs> the actual national security crisis is that globalists, with the help of China, installed a puppet president in the United States. Right? <laughs> The, that that's the actual national security crisis biden being president right now as a puppet of the chinese government the news is fake the war is real what is are we really up against a, a wall here are, are is somebody holding america by the balls here somehow it, it, you know are, are things much 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 more serious than meets the eye i guess is my question I, how, how else can you not go there? You know what I'm saying? Are things way worse than, than meets the eye right now to make president Trump go away. And, and now to have this play out the way it is. It's interesting. It's interesting. Um, and all of the distractions play playing a role with, you know, you could look at clown world that we have been in for the last two years as just a complete distraction. So what's it distracting us from? What What's the truth? Is, uh, is the pandemic an actual act of war? You know, is, 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 um, would that, would that engage continuity of government style things? And that's why we all have talked about these things for so. That's why I do believe there is some type of continuity of government in play. I don't, you know, I, 
it's right. <laughs> I tell you what I think, but who knows, right? But that's why a lot of us have gone down that road of continuity of government, because if you look at the last two years of happenings, as far as following the money, it sure don't look like the deep state's in control of you following the money. <laughs> cause, cause, uh, you know, if you, if you just take a look, right. I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just kind of thinking out loud. So, you know, you had Joe talking about yesterday with 109, now 110 power station attacks around the country. Is that 10 days of darkness coming? Uh, anyways, DC Inquirer has some perspective on this as well. Let's read this. Top lawyer explains why Trump won't be indicted for mishandling of classified materials following Biden's document scandal. Top lawyer and constitutional scholar Alan Dershowitz is absolutely confident former President Donald Trump will not be indicted for the mishandling of classified documents following recent revelations that Joe Biden mishandled similar documents during his time as vice president. Quote, if you have two people running for president against each other, both of whom have mishandled classified material, the idea of prosecuting the one who is running against the incumbent and not going after the one who is the incumbent wouldn't pass the neutral principles test. Yeah, no kidding. I think in the end, even if there was any possibility that Trump could be could have previously been indicted for the mishandling of classified material at Mar-a-Lago, that has gone out completely out the window today, said Dershowitz. I think we can be absolutely confident there will not be a criminal prosecution against Donald Trump for the mishandling of classified material. I think the Mar-a-Lago thing has been essentially, to use a word, been trumped by the disclosures involving Biden. And so... What's really, what's the analysis that I can give you? Uh, the, the media is um, trying to distract people from this by saturating the, the um, news cycle with this topic to the point where now that it comes to a serious thing, people look at it as, uh, you know, not as serious, if that makes sense. They, they, they tend to look away from it or, or uh, think that it's, it's uh, political, all political or whatever, right? So, yeah, that's, um, that's what I kind of see as the wag the dog side of it, of it all. And then what the truth is from there, <laughs> um, the history of special counsels tells us the cover-up is in play. And so what I anticipate I anticipate changes in the Vatican in the next year. I hope I'm praying deeply for, I hope it's sooner than that. And then I expect, um, Biden to have a, a health scare of some kind and, and, um, a year of Kamala <laughs> as the first you know, black women president. So I don't know, man, who knows? It's going to be interesting. I know that much. And I know president Trump keeps saying, keep telling us that it, this can't happen this way. Um, is kind of telling us that there is a lot more happening behind the scenes too. So that's why a lot of us are just talking about things behind the scenes, trying to figure out what's what else is happening out there. And then as stuff breaks into the public, 
that's when it becomes, um, you know, the awakening side of the house. And that's why I wait for it to, um, for the public, for the news unlocks, the public to have to not be able to look away from things. Like more recently, the discussions about the COVID shot and stuff and, the, and the, all the suddenly died and the rest. People are having a hard time just looking away from it now and being like, ah, there's nothing to see here anymore. They're actually going, well, maybe there is a little more from it. And then they see that the censorship regime in the government censored any kind of counteractivity or counter information with regards to COVID. And that's really starting to wake people up. So, um, I don't know, man. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, we'll be here. We'll be here with you guys to, uh, document it and, uh, and enjoy the ride. I'll tell you, I'll tell you that way. Um, as you guys heard yesterday, also on average Joe show, here in Illinois, they snuck in a bunch of gun regulations overnight. <laughs> Didn't tell anybody really, just kind of, ah, yeah, we're good here. Well, Harold Wren's got another quick rate, quick read on this topic that'll cover it just perfectly for you guys. The founding fathers meant for Americans to have weapons of war to protect themselves. What happened to you is tragic, but it doesn't override safeguard of citizens and gives abuses of power we've all seen in the last five years. It's more necessary than ever. This is Gabriel Giffords talking about the assault weapons ban in here in Illinois. I applaud the leaders, you freaking moron. Somebody who's shot in the head, should, should you should not uh, give anybody kind of extra credence of their opinion if they've been shot in the fucking head, by the way. No offense to all my friends out there. Illinois law isn't going to stand, Gabby Giffords. You people taught us the value of lawfare, and we are using it to end your abusive, extremist, dangerous, anti-freedom laws that disarm law-abiding people and make them into victims. Victims you use for political gain. Fire statement right there. This law in Illinois passed in the dead of night against the will of the people of Illinois, threatening them with government violence if they don't give up their private property. No, Gabby Giffords, this will not stand. The legal filing is already ready to go. Gun policy is going to win. Americans aren't going to tolerate your status, totalitarian, dangerous, extremist, unconstitutional abuses of power anymore, Gabby Giffords. No more victims. Lawfare it is. No more pimping victims for politics. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the channel. I appreciate your time. Thank you for watching. A little bit of bad news this afternoon. And another assault weapon ban has passed. Before I jump into it, I want to thank the sponsor of today's video, and that's the USCCA. The United States Concealed Carry Association gets you ready for what happens before, during, or after an act of lawful self-defense. And God forbid you need to make that decision to protect yourself or others, the USCCA will be there for you in court when it matters the most. So join the over 650,000 responsibly armed Americans. And don't forget there's a 100% money-back guarantee. And if you join this month in January of 2023, all new members will get this duffel bag. This is a pretty cool duffel bag. I've used it a few times already. It's got uh, two front pockets, extra pockets on the ends. Pretty cool, pretty sturdy. And uh, that's any new member. And if you join on the elite level, you get this survival pack. Now, I had to grab this survival kit out of my car because I actually keep it right in there in case I need something. I got some some things I can turn to in an emergency. Check them out down below, uscca.com slash gng. And if you're a gun owner, at least check the link out. If it's not right for you, like I said, you get that money back guarantee. Let's get into today's video. Uh, it is four o'clock Eastern Standard Time as I'm recording this on January 10th. 
And about 20 minutes ago, the Illinois House uh, passed the assault weapon ban. It passed the assault the House originally, went to the Senate. I told you about that video. The Senate passed it as fast as they could. They sent it back to the House of Reconciliation. They just passed it. It is now off to the governor, J.B. Pritzker, who has said he will sign this. So, Illinois, you will be getting your assault weapon ban, whether it's sometime today or tomorrow. But he wants to do it before the legislative session ends in, I think it's tomorrow or a couple days. But either way, it's going to pass. However, there could be a shred of good news here. Now, Dan Eldridge, who is the president of the Federal Firearms Licensees in Illinois, has vowed action. He has said they have counsel, they have national legal counsel, they've also raised enough funds to get this litigation going, and they'll be in federal court challenging this just as soon as it's signed. So that's good news. Literally, as soon as J.B. Pritzker's chubby little hands sign this piece of legislation, violating the rights of every law-abiding citizen in the state of Illinois, because this will do nothing to stop crime, this will do nothing to stop criminals from criminaling, this will do nothing to stop the shootings in Chicago, this will only make you, if you live in Illinois, it'll make you a sitting duck, make you more of a, of a victim in waiting. And that's what they want. They want victims so they can just you know, give you more government and they can govern you harder, daddy. That's exactly what they want. But the challenge is ready and it will be going right away. <coughs> Sorry, just had a coughing fit. Some more good news literally just came out as I am filming this for immediate release. Perry County State's Attorney David H. Searby Jr. and Perry County Sheriff Chad Howard are jointly announcing their opposition to the legislation contained in House Bill 5471, which includes a gun ban, gun registry, and generally infringes on the rights of citizens. State's Attorney Searby and Sheriff Howard point out that the ban would involve banning firearms that are in common use for any and all lawful purposes and that it is inconsistent with the decisions of the United States Supreme Court in such cases as District of Columbia versus Heller, Catano versus Massachusetts, and more recently, New York State Rifle and Pistol Association versus Bruin. Sheriff Howard stated, A little over a month ago, I took my oath of office as sheriff, and part of that oath was to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States, including the Second Amendment. The provisions of House Bill 5471 are clearly in violation of the Second Amendment, and my deputies and I will not be enforcing this unconstitutional law against law-abiding citizens. Once again, we see that those in control in Springfield pass unconstitutional legislation in the waning hours of a legislative session, in a backdoor method, just like they did with the Safety Act. In this case, it affects Second Amendment rights of all citizens in Illinois, whether in Chicago or Perry County. And this is State Attorney uh, Searby. This legislation basically bans objects and property that law-abiding individuals have legally owned for years, and in some instances, decades while allowing them if you register them with the Illinois State Police. My office will exercise prosecutorial discretion in these types of cases. I'm told other state's attorneys and their their coinciding sheriffs will be putting out, uh, more of them will be putting out releases today, and that's good because law enforcement should not enforce unconstitutional laws, right? Especially sheriffs, because you, sheriffs, are the highest law enforcement uh, ranking official in the county, and it all runs through you. Even the Illinois Sheriff's Association had a public statement recently. They said, after reviewing the proposed legislation, the Illinois Sheriff's Association is opposed to HB 5855, its original number. Sheriffs support the rights provided under the Second Amendment to the United States Constitution and believe that this proposal is a clear infringement 
on the rights of citizens to legally possess these weapons. And that's what we need. We need law enforcement to come out against these unconstitutional tyrants, and we need the people to stop frigging electing them. Combine what these sheriffs just said with the fact that the lawsuit is ready, and Illinois is in for a fun time. Guys and gals, thank electing you so much for your time. Them, if you uh, as we use that word in quotes. <laughs> uh, great job by Harold Run again, uh, breaking down this stuff. And honestly, man, what I'm hoping... I'm hoping that this results in the end of FOID cards. You, a FOID card is unconstitutional under the new laws. So um, when we talk about the lawfare of this stuff, um, they're walking right into traps by doing this stuff, and they're going to end up strengthening gun laws in the end. So don't let them, you know, don't let them trigger you on this stuff. They're going to end up strengthening gun laws in the end. That's what's going to happen. All right. Uh, let me check in with you guys here. Top of the hour here almost already. Thanks, guys, for being here today. And thank you all for the gold pill love, man. I appreciate you all. You guys are friggin' amazing. Who cares? Else Park, J Bell, JC Bird, Average Joe, Tweety52, Atlas, Daisy Chains, Bitch Toria, and Creative Writer. Thank you guys very much. Much love to you guys. I appreciate you all. Thanks for the support and thanks for being out there in chat today. I see you guys uh, thoroughly enjoying the discussions with each other out there in chat. I love seeing that. I love seeing it. Alita, how are you today? Good to see you out there. Criminals always find a way to get arms and more likely from our very government. Indeed, Alita. There's, yeah, there's probably more truth to that than there is anything else out there. Great crowd over there on Rumble today. Thanks, guys, for joining us here today. Do me a favor, please, please, please hit that thumbs up plus button over there and let everyone know that, everyone know that you're enjoying the show today. I appreciate you guys very much. Twitch crowds out there lurking, listening, and hanging out as well. Johnny B, what's good, brother? Deplore Laura's out there as well. JC Bird's lurking and listening in as well. Good to see you guys out there. Much love to the Twitch crowd. Francis is like, all right, I'm going to check out Twitch again too. I'm glad you guys are checking out Pilled though. I'm hoping you guys are enjoying it. And if you have feedback, let us know. Let us know and I will give feedback directly to uh, to, to Matt Squared and let them know what's going on as well. So anyways, thanks for being out there today, guys. Let me just check in with President Trump here real quick at the top of the hour. And then I got to do a quick advertisement. I got to pay some bills here real quick. So I need a minute of your time here in just a moment. About 11 minutes ago, President Trump's uh, truthing this, of course not kevin and matt are working very well together two great guys but get rid of china mitch leader of the gop rebellion predicts they won't try to oust speaker kevin mccarthy so there you go um president trump again standing strong with kevin mccarthy and i'll tell you what if uh, mccarthy um goes back to his roots that those of us who helped get him elected as part of the freedom caucus and he puts in our freedom caucus policy solutions i'm even more optimistic than ever because i'm telling you the legislation that we have all worked on for so many decades now to get advocated for through the Freedom Caucus is all ready to go. If we could just get people to pass it, uh, we're probably going to have to wait a couple of years for it to actually get passed, but at least get them on the votes, put them on the record, and that, that's a great start to, to get them going there. Uh, do me a favor real quick, guys, before I do that. Give me a minute of your time. Please give me a minute of your time to pay some bills. Be back in one minute. Thanks. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and my employees and I want to thank each and every one of you for your continued support. With everything going on right now, your rest is so important. That's why we're having the biggest My Pillow sale ever. Not only are my bed pillows as low as $19.98, but you can get the best body pillows ever. Regular $89.98, now only $29.98. Take your rest on the go with our Roll and Go Anywhere My Pillows for only $14.98. And we have our new couch and accent pillows. They aren't just for looks. They have my pillows patented adjustable fill that gives you that amazing my pillow comfort. 
In this economy, you get the best gifts ever for the best prices ever. So go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code and you get deep discounts on body, couch, bolster pills, and so much more, including my original bed pills for as low as $19.98. Please order now while quantities last. And thank you all for the support that you guys have given through MyPillow. I see that over the holidays, you guys, a bunch of you out there ordered some stuff. Uh, I appreciate that very much with the great discounts that uh, that Mike was giving everybody over the holidays. So much love. Thanks, guys. Timberjet says, I think Kevin's been freed. Also, he has no choice now. Do the right thing, buddy. You can do it. I, you're right. I think he, uh, you know, he's he's on a very tight leash, and we're going to be all over him. I can guarantee you that. Um, you know, MAGA is activated, and, uh, you know, you can see just by the everybody watching, like uh, Frank was talking about earlier, it turns C-SPAN into Friday Night TV. <laughs> You know, I mean, that is something to think about, man. There was, uh, I'd like to see the ratings. I wonder if, uh, has anybody seen any ratings from, um, the, the house speaker fight, uh, <laughs> on a front of Friday night. That'd be interesting to see, uh, no doubt about it. DJ camp. Thanks for, uh, appreciate you back, man. I appreciate you back big time. Thanks. All right. Um, we got Twitter files. Let's hop there. Actually. I got Seth rich stuff. I got Twitter files. I got Missouri versus Biden. And uh, it's going to take some time to get through all these. So let's hop straight to the Twitter files. I haven't had a chance to read it yet, uh, but it is, it's going to take us a little bit of time to get through. But I guarantee you it will probably be worth our time. It is the Russiagate lies. And I got a feeling I should keep my Q post up over here. Hold on. Let me get that back up over here. I got a feeling I'm going to need this. It is the Russiagate files. Uh, I, I just keep stealing everybody else's sound bites and stuff, adding it to my show. That's that's how you got to do it, you know. That's how uh, that's that's a, that's the meme squad in me. You know what I'm saying? All right, uh, let's see. Twitter files number fourteen. Release the memo hashtag. Huh. Release the memo hashtag. Isn't that isn't that alone in a Q post? Release the text. Release the text is in it. Um, whoops. Swing and a miss. Hey, hey, hey. Wrong button. <laughs> memo. There's 40 posts with memo in it. <laughs> oh, man. You got to love it. This is just going to be a whole, a literal, whole nother Q proof. <laughs> Uh, 40 posts with memo in it. So I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to refine the search a little bit, but there we go. Space after the little tricks that I've learned. Why are American taxpayers subsidizing Tesla welfare for the rich? Why private emails, Google, North Korea, Tesla, the memo is only the beginning. The shot her around the world. Q. <laughs> At a crucial moment in a years long furor, as Matt Taibbi says, Democrats denounced a report about flaws in the Trump-Russia investigation, saying it was boosted by Russia bots and trolls. Thank you for the cookie, bro. Twitter officials were aghast, finding no evidence of Russian influence. We are feeding congressional trolls. Not any significant activity connected to Russia, 
putting the cart before the horse, assuming this is propaganda and bots, as you can see in the letter from Feinstein and Schiff. <laughs> Dear Senator Feinstein and Schiff, our initial inquiry. <laughs> wow. We are feeding congressional trolls. That's about right. That's that's exactly what Schiff and Feinstein are. Congressional trolls. That's all they really do. Twitter warned politicians and media the they not only lacked evidence, but had evidence the accounts weren't Russian and were roundly ignored. On January 18th, 2018, Republican Devin Nunez submitted a classified memo to the House Intelligence Committee detailing abuses by the FBI and obtaining FISA surveillance authority against Trump-connected figures, including the crucial role played by the infamous Steele dossier. Here is the memo, and it is unclassified, as you can see, and top secret is marked off. So just because it's on my fucking computer... Anyways, if you remember the memo, it, it, um, it discussed very uh, importantly this. On October 21st, 2016, DOJ and FBI sought and received a FISA probable cause order not under Title VII authorizing electronic surveillance on Carter Page from the FISC. Page is a U.S. citizen under the, uh, who served as a volunteer advisor to the Trump presidential campaign. Consistent with requirements under FISA, the application had to be first certified by the director or deputy director of the FBI and then required the approval of the attorney general, the deputy attorney general, and the Senate confirmed or the Senate confirmed assistant attorney general for the National Security Division. The FBI and the DOJ obtained one initial FISA warrant targeting Carter Page and three FISA renewals on the, uh, from the FISC. As required by statute 50 USC 1805, a FISA order or an American citizen on an American citizen must be renewed by the FISC every 90 days, and each renewal requires a separate finding of probable cause. Then director James Comey signed three FISA applications in question on behalf of the FBI. Deputy director Andy McCabe signed one. Then DAG Sally Yates uh, signed and also Dana Buente, as well as Dag Rosenstein, Rod Rosenstein, each signed one or more FISA applications on behalf of the DOJ. Due to the nature of, of foreign intelligence activity, FISA submissions, and so forth and so on. So, the memo. <laughs> if we search Q posts for Fisk, right? We get 14 posts that come up. And the one that's will do just fine for this. Uh, actually, let me just let me do my what I always do. Uh, DNI files, Fisk. Okay, so this is uh, the White House vi visitor logs between Hussein, Brennan, Comey, Hussein, Clapper, Rice, all of them. It's interesting that Rice is mentioned in this because they were all there given presidential daily briefings to Biden as the weaponization of his DHS and the Stasi were using this to try to destroy Trump. Just dirty political games. Don't worry about it. Nothing to see here. Also, uh, Haspel and F, uh, London comes up, which is interesting how they used foreign intelligence on this. Um, okay. FISA, ABCs versus INSCOM. No foreign. No foreign. NSA, INSCOM, Bridge. FISA equals FISC. Who is accountable to Congress? 
civilian body, define state secrets, process of obtaining a FISA warrant, what must be demonstrated to be granted. This is August 28th, 2018. Who must sign off? Ah, who must sign off? As you saw there in this memo that was sent on January 18th, 2018, Q really wanted us to fo focus in on this stuff, which we did. And that's why release the memo started trending on Twitter <laughs> because all of us Russian bots also known as Anans were just freaking hammering shift with it. It was freaking glorious. The poor guy probably couldn't sleep at night because they, every single day there'd be a picture of him with his little kid boyfriend. The Nunez assertions would, would virtually all be verified in a report by Justice Department Inspector General Michael Horowitz on December 29th. On December of 2019, we read a, that whole report live here on the show because it was another whole Q-proof, a bunch of redacted shit in it, a bunch of stuff that was misleading, of course. Not the whole truth, but good enough for people to realize if they actually read it, but the media didn't want to talk about that. Nonetheless, national media in January and early February of 2018 denounced the Nunez report in oddly identical language, calling it a joke. Uh, yeah. Andrea Mitchell's Nunez has turned the House Intel Committee into a joke. <laughs> and uh, the, the, you know, the 4 a.m. talking points went out and the Washington Post and MSNBC and everything the Hill and Daily Beast, and every single one of them just cut and pasted it everywhere, as they always do. On January 23rd, 2018, Senator Dianne Feinstein and Congressman Adam Shithead published a open letter saying the hashtag gained the immediate attention and assistance of social media accounts linked to Russian influence operations. Ah, yes. See, that's how they can force the social media to censor it because it's obviously Russian influence operation. Remember when, um, was it uh, Grassley and um, Ron Johnson were, were told to be under the influence of Russian bots as well? Feinstein and Schiff said the Nunez memo distorts classified information, but note, they didn't call it incorrect. Specifically on Thursday, January 28, 2018, the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence majority voted to allow members of the U.S. House of Representatives to review a misleading talking points memo authored by, by Republican staff that selectively references and distorts highly classified information. The, the rush decision to make this document available to the full House of Representatives was followed quickly by calls from some quarters to release the document to the public. Ah, yes. D-class. Connecticut Senator Richard Blumenthal followed suit, publishing a letter saying, we find it reprehensible that Russian agents have so eagerly manipulated in innocent Americans. Uh-huh. Yeah, we're just easily manipulated. Or is it you morons that fell for this stuff? Feinstein, Schiff, Blumenthal, and media members all pointed to the same source. The Hamilton 68 dashboard created by former FBI and counterintelligence official Clint Watts under the auspices of the Alliance for Securing Democracy, funded by George Soros. Release the memo is now trending hashtag, the top trending hashtag among Russian bots and trolls on Twitter, also known as Anons. <laughs> I've, 
I've never seen a single hashtag that had this amount of activity behind it, said Brent Schaefer. That's because in an army of anons was getting the truth out there to those who would who didn't want to hear it. The dashboard, which featured a crude picture of Vladimir Putin deviously blowing evil red Twitter birds into the atmosphere, was vague in how it reached its conclusions. Inside Twitter, the Alliance for Securing Democracy, of course, Soros-funded, pitting everybody against each other like they always do, like the demons that they are. Ah, nice. What's for dinner, Shuri? Uh, inside Twitter... Executives panned Watts, Hamilton 68, the Alliance for Securing Democracy. Two key complaints. Hamilton 68 seemed to be everyone's only source, and no one was checking with Twitter. Quote, I encourage you to be skeptical of Hamilton 68's take on this, which, as far as I I can tell, is the only source for these stories, says Global Policy Communication Chief Emily Horn. She added, it's a comms play for ASD. They've made a very strong media push in the last week, piggybacking on the Clint test on Clint's testimony. We should have a separate discussion on if, when, how we confront ASD privately. And then this um, here. Off the record, I encourage you to be skeptical of Hamilton 68's take on this, which, as best as I can tell, is the only source for these stories. It didn't release the accounts that made up their dashboard. No no one can verify the accounts are in fact Russian. It is extraordinarily difficult for outside researchers who do not have access to our full API uh, internet sig- internal signals to say with any degree of certainty certainty that an account is is uh, having as acting suspiciously automated or Russian. Um, all the swirl is based on Hamilton, said Trust and Safety Chief Yoel Roth which is based on a new raw tweet count, we'd be able to broadly refute it without actually sharing anything too sensitive. I think it's freaking hilarious that all of us were reading Q posts and putting hashtags out there. And these guys had to have like email conversations back and forth with with each other, trying to figure out what to do about us. (laughs) Q's fake. Like the whole thing is just pointless and there's no such, get out of here with that crap. This the reason why these people had these discussions is because of Q. Period. That's it. <laughs> if ASD isn't going to fact check with us, we should feel free to correct the record of their work, says VP Carlos Manji. Roth couldn't find any Russian connection to release the memo at all. I, I just reviewed the accounts that posted the first 50 tweets with release the memo, and none of them show any signs of affiliation to Russia. Nope. Not a Russian bot. Can I have my Twitter back now? Uncensor Anons. I think we can push back strongly on the Russian component here. As you can see here, and Yoel Roth wrote this in this email here. Pop that up for you so you can see it better. That's not much better, but it's in there, okay? In the interest of time, I'm going to try to keep this moving. We investigated, found that the engagement as overwhelmingly organic and driven by VITs, very important tweeters, including WikiLeaks and Congressman Steve King (laughs) and others. A staffer for DiFi, Feinstein, agreed it would be helpful to know how Hamilton 68 goes by the process of which they decide an accountant's Russian. 
but only after Feinstein published her letter about Russian influence. Of course, she agreed it would be helpful to know how they came to these conclusions. Nick Pickles carbon copied. <laughs> when Twitter spoke to Blumenthal's, Blumenthal's staffer, they tried to wave him off because we don't believe these are bots. We had a real convo. I've tried to wave them off. <laughs> Added another. It might be worth nudging Blumenthal's staffer that it could be in his boss's interest best interest not to go out there because it would come back to make him look silly. <laughs> uh, they're looking pretty fucking silly right now. I had to say <laughs> one Twitter executive even tried to negotiate implying that the undisclosed future PR concession, if Blumenthal would lay off on this, it seemed like there were other wins that we could offer him. <laughs> Blumenthal had to have a discussion with uh, VPs of Twitter and high-level government officials because Q is fake and cultish. Blumenthal published his letter anyway. Execs uh, eventually grew frustrated over what they saw as circular pro circular process presented with claims of Russian activity when even when denied led to more claims. They expressed this explicitly to Blumenthal's camp, saying Twitter spent a lot of resources on this request, and the reward from Blumenthal should be round after round of requests, I guess is what he's saying there. We can't do a user notice each time this happens. Just overwhelming them with requests of, hey, can you check, is this account Russian? Hey, is this account Russian? What about Conscious Abe? Is that guy Russian? Yeah, that guy's definitely Russian. Ban him. Too much truth. Eventually, Twitter staff realized Blumenthal isn't going to look re look for real and nuanced solutions, but just wants to get credit for pushing it further. <laughs> and he may move on only when the press moves on. So they're coordinating with the press there as well. <laughs> the whole the whole thing says this: Colin may have much more to say. Based on my experience with him a lot at DOT. Blumenthal isn't always looking for a real and nuanced solutions. He just wants to get credit for us pushing further and may move on only when the press moves on it. Ultimately, senior executives talked about feeding congressional trolls and compared their situation to the children's book. If you give a mouse a cookie <laughs> with members of Congress, the this has become if you give a mouse a cookie with members of Congress... One suggestion we could do a letter that can be made public with the attachment that we ask be kept confidential, the attachment to explain the protections on trends. Sharing too much of this gives abusers a blueprint of how to avoid detection. <laughs> In the story, if you give a mouse a cookie, he'll want a glass of milk, which will lead to a wave of other exhausting requests, at the end of which he'll want a glass of milk and one more cookie. <laughs> The metaphor for the endless Russian request was so perfect, even one exec wrote, I'm legit embarrassed that I didn't think of that first. <laughs> Seems like a recipe for conspiracy theories. Re release the Twitter attachment. We could do a simple letter and let them and tell them any explanations. We don't want public orally is what they ended up responding with. 
despite universal internal conviction that there was no Russians in the story, Twitter went on to follow a slavish pattern of not challenging Russia claims on the record. Outside counsel from D.C. connected firms like Debevoise and Plimpton uh, advised Twitter to use language like, with respect to particular hashtags, we take seriously any activity that may represent abuse of our platform. Yeah. Our initial assessment was that these trends are driven primarily by organic, non-automated activity, if true, but we are continuing to analyze the data as part of our commitment to transparency. We will inform Congress about what we find, and then you guys can ignore them. As a result, reporters from the AP to Politico to NBC to Rolling Stone continued to hammer the Russian bots theme Despite the total lack of evidence, release the memo is now the top trending hashtag among Russian bots and trolls on Twitter. <laughs> Rolling Stone with the conspiracy theory behind the right wing meme. Bob Mosier was always a good uh, puppet for writing garbage stuff. So was Robert Schlesinger. And uh, let's see who else we got here. Tom LeBoinko and Matt O'Brien from Associated Press. Real good at uh, seeding narratives. Russians weren't just blamed for release the memo, but Schumer's shutdown, Parkland shooting, hashtag gun control now, and to widen the divide, according to the New York Times, after the Florida school shooting, the Russian bot army pounced. (laughs) The Schumer shutdown and release the memo was, the internal guidance was, both hashtags appear to be organically trending. Well, What do you know? NBC, Political, AP Times, uh, Business Insider, and other media outlets who played up the Russian bot story, even Rolling Stone, all declined to comment for this story. Huh. The staffs of Feinstein, Schiff, Blumenthal also declined to comment. Who did comment? Devin Nunez. Schiff and the Democrats falsely claimed Russians were behind the release the memo hashtag, all of my investigative work, but by spreading the Russian collusion hoax, they instigated one of the greatest outbreaks of mass delusion in U.S. history. Thank you, Jay, for the cookie. This release the memo episode is just one of many in the Twitter files. The Russiagate scandal was built on the craven dishonesty of politicians and reporters who for years ignored the absence of data to fictional scare headlines. For more, watch Schellenberger, Barry Weiss, Fang, David Zweig, Alex Berenson, and more. That is the summary today of today's Twitter files. There you go. We got through it fairly quickly there. I still got lots to get to as far as um, Missouri versus Biden. We're going to quickly go through some of that since we're running late here today. Thank you all for being out there today. I appreciate you all very much. J.D. Rich in the house over there on Rumble, as well as a bunch of other great patriots, Glenn and Chris, hanging, lurking, and listening. Thanks, guys. Much love. Thanks for being here today. How you guys doing over there on Twitch? Silly is the least of their words, right, Lady Cat? No kidding. Great to see you out there today, as well as Deplora Laura, Johnny B, all lurking and listening as well. Thanks, Twitch crowd, for being out there today. D-Life, how you guys doing out there? Just lurking today. Roger that. I'm good with that. Oh, we love our lurkers. We love our lurkers. We That means our lurkers are listening. And so I'm just going to keep talking. How's that sound? Uh, Missouri versus Biden here right quick, pretty quick. And then a couple other things here. Yeah, let's go. Let's, let's go to this. 
Now we'd like to take a moment to bring you an update on a story we featured on our show yesterday. If you'll recall, the World Economic Forum is preparing to host its annual event in Davos next week. Independent journalist Jordan Schachtel joined us yesterday to give us an exclusive sneak peek at the guest list. The list included the names of several Republicans. So, of course, we reached out to each of these Republicans for comment regarding their attendance. Now, Congressman Darrell Issa revealed that he is planning on attending the event in Davos. He also released a statement after we inquired. In part, it says, quote, as I attend the World Economic Forum with bipartisan congressional colleagues, I will not be a silent observer. I will continue to be a forceful voice for our conservative values of liberty and freedom and the best of what makes America great. Well then, of course, I had to follow up with some more questions when we asked whether ISA is going to Davos to denounce Klaus Schwab based on his statement. I, of course, asked. One of his spokespeople declined on answering that, suggesting I'm that sure they was did. not what they were saying. And now Senator James Risch's office says he was invited but doesn't plan to attend. And Florida Congresswoman Maria Salazar's office refused to tell us if she's planning on attending or not. We even asked for her reaction to Florida Governor Ron DeSantis denouncing the World Economic Forum. Now, if you case, in case you missed that, here he is. Take a listen. They do this thing in Davos. They're doing it next week. All these elites come in. Uh, let me boost the audio for you. Stand by one. Thank you, Daisy Chains. God bless you. God bless you all. Thanks for being here today, guys. Much love. President Trump just truths. Stand by for that. Um, you know, the World Economic Forum. And basically, um, you know, their vision is they run everything and everybody else is just like a serf, like a peasant. And what I've said in Florida is, is that type of stuff coming out of Davos, uh, those policies are, are dead on arrival in the state of Florida. And so we reached out also to Congressman Michael Gallagher as well, but his office did not respond to our inquiry. We will continue, though, covering this story, especially next week when the summit is taking place. Good job, Emerald. She has been continuing to fight out there through all of the um, smears and the rest as well. God bless her. Uh, still doing great work out there. President Trump just now truthing seven minutes ago. Importantly, I have single-handedly shown the American public how crooked and corrupt our government is. Now we can fix it. Interesting, Mr. President. Very, very interesting. Uh, kicking back a little bit on the, the Q posts that are part of, uh, that I wanted to go to. I, I lost my train of thought there. Um, who signed? Yes, yes, yes. Who signed those 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 warrants? Hmm. There's the INSCOM. Very interesting, right? What happens if FISA fails or signers cannot be trusted? August 16th, 2018, Q post 1910. Who signed the Carter Page FISA? How do you keep something secure and safeguarded when those at the top of ABC departments are corrupt and being removed? Army.mil, INSCOM, INSCOM.ARMY.mil, Patriots, one and all, Q. That's why there's a lot of people with the military the other way thing. Uh, they believe that they are, that the military is engaged behind the scenes in some way. It's possible, who knows? It just doesn't look like it to me, and if it, if it, if it ever looks like it to us, boy, is that going to be scary. 
August 19th, 2018. Movie one, showtime. Grab your co- gra- grab your popcorn. Bruce Orr to CrowdStrike to Bruce to Barack Obama to Nelly or to Bruce Orr. Okay, Bruce Orr to CrowdStrike to Bruce Orr to, to Nelly Orr to CrowdStrike to No Name to Barack Obama to dot 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 dot. Who instructed the DOJ to release select text messages? When did Rod Rosenstein learn of involvement of Bruce Orr and Nelly Orr? What happens if Rod Rosenstein knew prior to the Carter Page FISA? Why did Rod Rosenstein, under congressional testimony, refuse to answer the questionary reading of the FISA prior to the execution? Who signed page 380, 389, 390, 391, and 392, as just discussed in the Twitter files leaks that was just released in there as well? Here is the D1 release. All you Twitter bots out there. Oh, this page doesn't exist anymore. What happened, FBI? Why would that be taken down? Firewalls? <laughs> Who signed firewalls? Who signed firewalls? FISA 20. Where is the full 20 FISA pages? The Carter Page FISA warrant should be released unredacted immediately. The trilogy, movie one, the start, plot. You ready for the plot, guys? These crazy Q post Q guys out here in 2018. The insiders trying to tell us what was really happening as being told today by the Twitter files release. How the U.S. intelligence apparatus, State Department, Department of Justice of the United States, in an effort with our ex-primary foreign allies and other covert assets, as directed by Hussein's White House, in coordination with Hillary Rodham Clinton, colluded and conspired to rig the presidential election of 2016 in an effort to install Hillary Rodham Clinton Frame POTUS projection, create emergency contingencies, i.e. installation of safeguards and firewalls to prevent exposure or continuation of the presidency should the counter fail to ensure operators, actors, agents of power, past and present, remain in control and use sources and covert assets of the fake news media to carry out X-frame barrage of strategic coordinated guided attacks designed to divide, cover, shelter, justify impeachment, removal in an effort to regain control and prevent public awareness of illegal, criminal, treasonous acts, movie one through three, full list. Coming soon to a theater near you, movie two coming this fall, movie three to be announced. Enjoy the show, Q. <laughs> uh, you gotta love it. Who signed? Yes, indeed, who signed? Uh, it's always fun to go back every chance I get, you know, every chance I get for our news unlocks. Uh, uh, Oh, who, who signed? I, I know I can tell you who signed <laughs> us. Crazy Q and honors can tell you who signed those warrants. And why was Comey fired? Huh? Why was Rod Rosenstein fired? Huh? Is Bruce R really a cooperating witness in what then? Also, where's Durham? Where the fuck is Durham? <sighs> Where are my RICO indictments, Mr. Durham? Or is the cover-up in play on that as well? Or is all this tied into the war on America? That's why there are so many of us out here trying to figure out what the hell's going on. 
Missouri versus Biden. More stunning developments. Tracy Beans has an extremely long thread that it's going to take me about an hour to get through. So I'm going to zip it like straight through it and not cover every single second of it. But the highlights. It feels just like yesterday. We were breaking down some revelations from dis- from Discovery in Missouri versus Biden case. Uh, it's because we were. However, there were a new filings last night that we need to go through. The highlights, there are plenty, but the most amazing one to me was how Biden's own censorship policies ended up sweeping the president's Instagram into, into the censorship net. Every single point in this article is important. Please read them all. We've previously discussed the deposition or lack thereof of Jim Psaki. The government brought the case to the Fifth Circuit, which again uh, sent it back to the district court to reevaluate taking the deposition of lower-level officials. The Fifth Circuit erred in their interpretation of the record. The defendants, the government, filed this today. The court ordered the parties to file regarding the stay at the Fifth Circuit placed on Psaki's deposition, a deposition they are trying to desperately avoid We will see a lot of why that is later on. Interesting, interesting. So they're really trying to stop Jim Psaki from having to give a deposition in the censorship files. None of what they are saying here is accurate, even though they are accurately portray what the Fifth Circuit said. They are leaving out a, a few key statements from the Fifth about the case to shift the narrative their way. This judge doesn't deal well with these tactics, The government states that the judge should decline to extend the expedited discovery period. If he doesn't, it should order them to amend their previous responses to questions they had already been asked. One may wonder, what could change? Well, they will consult with her. (laughs) I'm only adding this to show you how malicious they truly are. They cite here the plaintiff's aging preliminary injunction motion. It's Aging because the government delayed, obfuscated, refused, stamped their feet, screamed, appealed, and threw tantrums the entire time. Highlighted here and would only further delay the close of expedited discovery. Uh huh. Of course, defendants don't believe discovery of Pasaki is necessary at all, let alone in an expedited manner. They used the Fifth Circuit decision to make sure the judge knows what it said, but again, the record was incorrectly reviewed in the decision. <clears throat> Here they claim the record is replete with information like what they seek from Pasaki, insinuating <clears throat> that the plaintiffs have enough government officials pressuring and threatening social media companies to censor American speech. They wouldn't need more. Hmm. <clears throat> The record is replete with information like what they seek from Pasaki. Interesting. Indeed, defendants, uh, you have produced a ton of discovery, but without any any quantity of discovery produced, it isn't isn't to be a pat on the back. You've withheld a whole lot of it as well. Additionally, you didn't do it out of goodness of your heart. You were ordered by the court. Good point, Tracy. Also, anyone who has ever received discovery or exculpatory under Brady from the government will tell you they often overwhelm you with BS just as the as the time suck. As a time suck. Anyone familiar can chime in here and let everyone know. So they drop a bunch of stuff on you that is 
you know, meant to take up time. And then they give you little nuggets in, in it that, that take forever to find. The government argues here she was merely commenting on public policy and that she shouldn't be required to disclose anything further. Never mind that the policy was blatantly unconstitutional. That doesn't matter. They say if we uh, if we open up this can of worms, no one is safe. As you're fucking ain't right, they aren't. Violated my civil rights. You're not safe. Um, I'm not going to read all these legal jargons. That would just take forever, and, and we're running late. They state the plaintiffs can't justify getting any more information about her statements, even by other means. But remember, when we first started this, they admitted that they couldn't, they could consult with her for answers if necessary. That's link, legal wrangling. Good point, Tracy. The problem with the assertion that they are exploiting the discovery process is that the plaintiffs need to amend their complaint to add more defendants after the first bulk of discovery came in. So... There were so many officials that the government didn't disclose that were incidentally discovered to be pressuring and threatening social media companies that they needed to redraft their complaint to add people. (laughs) So, no, this isn't exploiting anything. It's expanded discovery because they were engaged in outright law-breaking. The government has responded numerous times that now that no one exists that knows about any what Pisaki said, even though in her statements, she told the world these people exist. The defendants have refused to do what they are saying here, so it's amazing that they are saying this. They are just playing legal games, and as we have seen before, and as Tracy has highlighted, this judge does not like it when, when lawyers try to play legal games with people especially a, a judge that's uh, that doesn't have to want, want to be wasted with time with stuff like this. So we'll see what happens. But this statement they made is the equivalent of Ty Clevenger sending FOIA to the FBI only to be told nothing exists. Keep pushing on the 70th. Try to find out that there is thousands of pages of responsive documents. They have narrowly ter- tailored their search and admitted to it. <laughs> Interesting. Um. She goes on to say, um, sorry, not happening. I would be stunned if it did, especially given what we are about to embark on reading together now. Attached is an exhibit, our four pages of deposition in Vivek Murthy's assistant. The entire transcript isn't included because the government loves to be transparent. It's four pages where, um, where Eric Waldo pretends he doesn't remember attending meetings and stutters when questioned about unlawful censorship he and his, and his boss advanced on the American people. <laughs> of course, the plaintiffs responded, and oh, did they respond? What you are about to read is as, is as stunning in fact as, is, as it is in theory, and I recommend you buckle up because... When this one sliver of information provided is extrapolated out, the picture is gruesome for the government, says Tracy. Plaintiff's supplemental brief addressing the Fifth Circuit's non-dispositive order regarding Jen Psaki's deposition. Okay. Defendants have stonewalled requests and tried to run out the clock, recall what I said earlier about time earlier, by not responding properly to the court-ordered interrogatory and using Pasaki's former press secretary status to block her deposition. 
Um, this court ordered the identity of federal officials, including White House officials, who communicate with social media platforms about disinformation, misinformation, and censorship, including the nature and content, content of those communications. For six months, Planos has repeatedly sought and demanded this information from defendants, the identity of the White House officials who are or have engaged in pressuring and colluding with social media platforms to censor free speech and the nature and content of their communications. One critical source of this information is former White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki, who has made public statements admitting she knows which White House officials engage with social media companies about censorship and that she knows what their asks are. The government, however, has stonewalled these requests and tried to run out the clock on plaintiffs, first by providing vague and evasive written responses to plaintiffs' inter interrogatories, and second by hiding behind Pisaki's high-level status to block her deposition while refusing to disclose any lower-level official who has the same information. The government identified Flaherty and Slavitt as two individuals that Pisaki was referring to. However, they only did that because they had already been unearthed in earlier discovery because they were copied on emails, as we discussed in the space yesterday. You'll see. The delay and obfuscation by the government harmed the expedited discovery process because they couldn't do the follow-up they needed to do. I'm not concerned about this. They have tons of actionable discovery, says Tracy. The plaintiffs want a few things. First, for the government to talk to Jen and get the right answers to their question. Two, to identify other White House officials who have worked with the social medias to censor. Three, order those officials to respond with written discovery or subpoena and still maintaining the same briefing schedule to rule on the temporary injunction. Hmm, interesting. Within 14 days. Understand the judge has prolonged that schedule several times, not because of the plaintiff issues, but because of defendant ones, appeals, delays, and the kicking of feet. Also, I want to I want to state so I want to state this so it's surprising it isn't surprising to anyone when it happens. As soon as the judge rules in favor of the plaintiffs on the temporary injunction, and he likely will, I agree, Tracy, which immediately halts the government's censorship program, the government will appeal upwards. Be ready for that appeal. One of the reasons that the court granted the expedited discovery in the first place was the sheer hubris of officials engaged in the censorship who brazenly proclaimed that they were doing it in press conferences, tweets, meetings, and seminars. As highlighted here, one of the reasons the court entered this order was that Pasaki publicly admitted that such communications from the White House officials are occurring by stating, for example, that the members of our senior staff, quote unquote, are flagging, quote, flagging prob problematic posts for Facebook and presenting asks about social media censorship that such engaging regularly in such communications will continue. But Pisaki did not publicly identify whose the White House officials are. Here we learn the truth. The government only told the plaintiffs about Flaherty and Slavitt because they knew their names had already been exposed in other emails with other departments. Their involvement directly out of the White House spanned almost the whole government. 
Six months later into expedited discovery, despite repeated requests, the government still has not revealed this information. The government has never made any comprehensive disclosure of which White House officials communicate with social media platforms about misinformation, disinformation, and censorship, or what they are saying. Despite the court's order authorizing discovery on this six months ago, instead, the government has attempted to make narrow, plainly under-inclusive disclosures and frame them as complete. For example, in response to interrogatories re requesting the identities of federal officials referred to in Pasaki's statements, White House Press Secretary identified two officials, Flaherty and Slavitt, both of whom had already been disclosed in plaintiffs to the plaintiffs because of they were carbon copied on HHS email communications with social media platforms that censored me and my information trying to explain to people that they are being had with regards to, regards to COVID. Yeah, which the government was already required to produce. The government therefore sought to disclose nothing new in response to this interrogatory. In fact, we now know the government did not even consult with Pisaki in responding to this interrogatory, despite its recent admission that it had an obligation to do so. The government's admission of Flaherty and Slavitt doesn't even scratch the surface, and the plaintiffs know this due to the responsive documents they received. Other officials, Courtney Rowe, Benjamin Wakana, Clark Humphrey, Doris Salis Salcido, Subhan Chema, and Mina Sang. <laughs> Gotta love when, uh, yeah, anyways. Um, so there are the names here. In response to the third-party subpoena, Meta, Facebook, and Instagram identified still more such White House officials, including former White House Consul Dana, Dana Remus, White House Partnerships Manager uh, uh, Ashia Shaw, and Special Assistant to the President Lauren Ro uh, Laura Rosenberger. Meta discovery disclosures produced even more than what was found in the government response, meaning the government didn't return all the docs or the other people weren't identified. Those people are pretty stunning. As we just uh, discussed right there. Um, Meta handed that to the plaintiffs, not the government and good for good reason. It's unconstitutional to violate my and your civil rights. The production from Flaherty yielded even more officials the government had failed to include when responding regarding Pisaki, providing vague and unresponsive information when it had information in its possession. <laughs> the lawsuit started with a subset of topics that uh, Missouri and Louisiana and plaintiffs thought were being censored on social media, namely Hunter Biden's laptop, election fraud, COVID-19, vaccines, among others. But discovery from Meta has revealed much, much, much more. Really, Tracy? In response of documents from Meta, it has been revealed that the government is censoring American speech on climate change, gendered disinformation, uh, abortion-related speech through other departments, the U.S. government is a propaganda machine using your taxpayer dollars to do it. Yeah. As, as stated here, limited its disclosures about White House communications to a single topic, COVID-19 related speech. Um, but there are compelling reasons to believe that the White House is pressuring and colluding with social media platforms to censor speech on other topics as well. For example, Meta's disclosure of Lauren Rosenberger, a special assistant to the president on foreign affairs, and Dana Remus, former White House counsel, strongly suggests that White House, White House officials are pressuring social media platforms on other topics, including election-related speech. 
And the White House's public statements raise grave concerns that such speech is likely through other channels and on other topics as well, such as climate-related speech and the rest that we just discussed. What we are about to get uh, now in, in this filing is a review of the most horrific of the discoveries in Flaherty's emails, many of which I have detailed for you already. However, I'm going to pick a bunch from here because these attorneys are far more eloquent at explaining than I. As we discussed in my last article, Flaherty well, was, well, gross. He cursed at social media execs with petty and incessant demands. When those didn't work, he and Slavitt resorted to outright threats. We saw a lot of Flaherty acting like the direct social, the direct manager of social media companies and an abusive one at that. Court authorized July 12th that plaintiffs are still struggling to obtain. The court should remedy the situation by ordering the immediate disclosure of the identities of such officials, White House officials, and ordering exp expedited responses to written discovery from them. The emails of Flaherty disclosed demonstrate that such discovery is likely to be maximally relevant and probative. These emails demonstrate that the White House officials aggressively pressure social media platforms to censor speech that they disfavor, disfavor and they do so very effectively. For example, in this email, Flaherty and his White House colleagues have subjected social media companies to profanity. Are you guys fucking serious? Petty and obsessive demands. We've got um, a million rounds on this. Quibbling with the wording of uh, to tag Facebook added to a video on COVID-19 and textbook gaslighting techniques as well, telling Facebook that its lax censorship practices were to blame for January 6th riots and demanding some assurances based on in data that you're doing not doing the same thing again. And where strong language persistent and psychological manipulation fail, they resort to outright threats. Warning Facebook that, quote, we have been considering our options on what to do about Facebook's refusal to accede to all the White House censorship demands, as Flaherty says. As per the filing, Flaherty gaslit social media executives, telling them their actions were responsible for January 6th. Here they focus on the most depraved of all actions I have seen, ensuring that vaccine injured were ripped from their support groups and streaming uh, their plight to no one, even if true, and even if it didn't if it didn't violate any terms of service. This is inhumane. And this is your government. To be sure, Flaherty and his colleagues sometimes strike a cordial tone with when social media companies bow to their demands, it says in the court filing. Even, but even then, they invariably follow up with additional demands for censorship. For example, after discussion of the White House official Andrew Slavitt, Facebook promised to go beyond removing vaccine misinformation to reducing a virility of content discouraging vaccines that does not contain actual misinformation. This is often true content, Facebook explained, but it can be framed as sensational. Flaherty applauded Facebook for uh, acceding to the White House demands to remove often true content that does not violate Facebook policies and congratulated Facebook for recognizing that the real problem does not sit in microchips land, but instead lies in often true content that happens to contradict the White House preferred narrative. Quote, if you're downraking sensational stuff, great, Flaherty said. Then came the additional demands, but I want to know how effective you have, you've seen 
that to be from a market research perspective? And then what interventions are being taken on skepticism? Unbelievable. More with YouTube. Tell me this doesn't look like he is their direct supervisor or an abusive spouse. These are the kind of people in the White House. Um, says this in a, in a follow-up email after the call with YouTube, Flaherty congratulated YouTube on its success of suppressing disfavored speech, including true speech that does not clearly violate YouTube's policies. Yeah. Thanks for censoring me, YouTube. You said you reduced watch time by 70% on borderline content. You're telling me that my audience was censored by 70%. I can't wait to counter sue the government. I got to tell you. I can't wait to sue the government. He also stated that he appreciated YouTube's unequivocal response. <laughs> that it is not recommending anti-vaccine content. Then he then came the demands, but we want to make sure the work extends to a broader problem. Clearly more work is to be done here. I feel a bit like, I don't have a full sense of the picture here. We speak with other platforms on a semi-regular basis. We'd love to get in a habit with you as well. Perhaps bi-weekly discussions we need to have with YouTube. Yeah. Here, they discuss how Flaherty got involved over the Twitter parody video that they want to remove, that they didn't want to remove. We, hear, we, we learn here that ultimately it was removed even after weeks of back and forth about it and Twitter holding firm. He scolds them. No, USA Landshark, this is during, um, yes, part, the, part of it was during Trump's administration, but they, they specifically said that Trump's, uh, Trump's team did not censor speech. They, they had, they targeted specific topics that were actually misinformation. So there is a difference there. The, the media is trying to say that this is Trump's white house. No, this is Biden's white house here. They just, that's why this is Missouri versus Biden here. They discuss how Flaherty got involved over Twitter. He scolds them. Um, it says this, uh, how much, there's not much left here. Flaherty's tone becomes decidedly less cordial when social media companies resist White House demands for censorship. His emails reveal a pattern where lower level White House officials pressured social media companies to censor particular content, flagging a tweet requesting that it be removed ASAP and instructing Twitter to keep an eye out for tweets that fall into this same genre. Huh. So they do what you just use my account as a way to flag other accounts. Is that how you did it and escalate the matter to Flaherty? If their demands are not met, for example, on November 30th, 2021 white house officials, Christian Tom and Michael LaRosa demanded that Twitter put a label or remove a satirical video of first lady, Jill Biden, that they claimed had been misleadingly doctored. Twitter promptly recreated an event page which alerted users that the video had been edited for comedic content. Um, they ordered Twitter to apply the manipulated media disclaimer to the video asset itself, both at the linked tweet below and the original source for weeks, Tom and LaRosa badgered Twitter about the video. Twitter explained repeatedly that although it appreciated their continued partnership, they shouldn't hesitate to let Twitter know if they have additional tweets for review anytime. The particular video in question did not qualify for censorship under its policies. After more than a dozen emails, Tom and LaRosa escalated the matter to Flaherty, who replied to Twitter, new to the thread here, 
But this all reads to me like you all at Twitter are bending over backwards to say that this isn't causing confusion on public issues, told Calvin Ball. A senior-level Twitter executive then emailed Flaherty proposing to resolve the matter by phone. After that phone conversation, it appears that the tweet that prompted the exchange is no longer available. Art Valley 818 status uh, is the Twitter status. Facebook truly was the battered spouse in this unconstitutional relationship, bending over backwards and apologizing profusely for letting Tucker Carlson video about shots that was 100% accurate and didn't even qualify for fact-checking go viral. Understand Flaherty is consumed with the uptake of vaccination and seemed hell-bent on removing all hesitancy at one point in the discovery, we learned that even Facebook told them if they are keeping, if they keep removing everything counter to the narrative, people will start to think cover up. Uh huh. Independent media was feverishly reporting on all the possible issues with these shots, including Uncover DC. At one point, someone even complained we focused too much on this. But undeterred by all the censorship Indies pushed on, they used the management analogy in their filing, even saying Flaherty micromanaged down to individual posts and their reach. I love, I love that they have to sit there and watch my all of our posts every single day and have to have emails and discussions about us. I wonder if they uh, have nightmares about uncensored Abe at night. What's, what's Abe going to tweet tonight? Flaherty used mainstream media reporting to berate social media companies' lack of censorship. This was the same circle we saw in Russiagate by intelligence community. Launder something fake to the media, then report on it, circle back to warrant requests, etc. It's weaponized government. The entire time through all these filings, the government said, paraphrasing, well, yeah, we recommend things to social media companies based on their terms of service. We don't hold a gun to their head and make them do anything. Their entire defense rests on this point. We learned that the government had helped craft the terms of service for these companies. And we also learned that former high-level intelligence community, intelligence community employees, inhabit positions of all of these companies. Check this thread for more as we discussed that yesterday, the name redacted thread. You are going to want to bookmark this next one because it's so good, I can barely contain myself. God is working in such mysterious and wonderful ways. Flaherty notices that the POTUS Instagram account slows in gaining followers. So he contacts Instagram. Instagram checks into it and tells him it was an internal issue they can't get into, but it's fixed now. Flaherty loses it, cursing at them and demanding an answer. Are you guys fucking serious? Flaherty exploded. I want an answer about what happened here, and I want it today. A few weeks later, Flaherty got an answer. Apparently, after months of haranguing by White House officials, the parent corporation of Facebook and Instagram ramped up its censorship of COVID-19 vaccine hesitancy. Instagram deployed an algorithm that used posting far above normal vaccine-related content as a proxy for promoting. <laughs> so it turns out that after being constantly pressured and bombarded by the government to do more censorship, Instagram implemented an algorithm to catch all accounts posting far greater than normal vaccine-related content, but they didn't distinguish the language in the post. 
Due to over-enforcement on this signal, signal, the algorithm swept up the POTUS account in its censorship push. The White House was posting so much pro-vaccine content that they didn't distinguish. They also didn't distinguish, and the White House was censored. They were livid when it happened to them. Oh, the sweet, sweet, sweet irony. The government went insane trying to block Pasaki's deposition and in doing so re- revealed that they hadn't even asked her what who she was talking about when she made those statements about censorship in the presser, something they were required to do. The end here is what the plaintiffs want to the judge to do. I'm not going to belabor it, but uh, I will detail some. The court should order the government to supplement its interrogatory responses after consulting with Jen Psaki, but that alone isn't enough. The court should order the government to disclose the identities of White House officials who communicate with social media platforms about misinformation and censorship within three days. The government produced the Flaherty emails because they were under stern warning from the judge. The court should order defendants to produce those White House officials' communications with social media platforms within 14 days. Here it is, all summed up, because remember, this is all because Pisaki doesn't want to go under oath. The government doesn't want her to either, and it seems they are willing to do anything to stop it. A few things in conclusion. The AGs love to give us as much as possible with their filings, so 99% of the time they will include a full transcript, a full discovery set, or at least a large portion. That is the case here with 70 pages of, of flarity in Exhibit A, there are certain cases that I latch on because every fiber of my being and from and from experience, I know they will be life-altering cases for Americans. This is one of those cases. It's just massive. Period. Tracy Beans, editor-in-chief of Uncover DC, absolutely on point as always. And that's why I am going to continue to highlight her work because uh, she's all over it, man. She knows exactly what this case. When I first read this case, I went, oh, shit, we're going to watch that. We're definitely watching that case. So there's the update from today. If we get more tomorrow, I'll cover it tomorrow. Let's go. Former ESPN employee sues company over vaccine mandate. So that stuff's starting to come out. Uh, the attorney believes evidence will soon be released that confirms the FBI in 2016 investigated Seth Rich's laptop, knew he supplied emails to WikiLeaks, and knew Russia collusion was a lie. Seth Rich back in the news today. And that is all I have for you guys today i appreciate you all being out there a lot shit i appreciate you all being out there today thanks for hanging with me for a little bit of overtime there i'm gonna let you guys go if i can figure out how to get these gold pills released here right quick over here in the foxhole thank you all very much for hanging out today did i miss any other any other liberty bells daisy chains and j bell thanks guys very much i appreciate you all very much thank you for all for being here today 42 45 gold pills today and the scratching has been released thank you all very much for your love support and prayers i appreciate you all you're all invited to watch ptp at eight sounds good man i'll check you out over there for sure i appreciate you man much love belush and the rest of you guys out there d live proud lurking and listening today much love to you all twitch crowd's been out hanging out here the whole time lurking and listening where can i send you where you want to go do me a favor go say hi to austin for me my brother austin real quick tell him uncensored Dave sent you hanging here real quick uh twitch crowd just go over and say hi to austin here real quick over here on finale live he's out there fishing right now trying to get a hammerhead i think See y'all later. Much love. God bless you all. And with that, I want to say... 
God bless you all. See you guys back here tomorrow for another edition of Uncensored Abe. Have a great evening. Treat the word impossible as nothing more than motivation. Relish the opportunity to be an outsider. Embrace that label. Being an outsider is fine. Embrace the label. Because it's the outsiders who change the world and who make a real and lasting difference.